Greetings, Kapla, and welcome everyone to our fan cast, where an adventurous rocket scientist, a Star Trek girl, and a sci-fi wingnut take an away team excursion from the Star Trek series Strange New Worlds and talk about the finale season of Star Trek Picard. We are super excited to geek out and talk about the show, so let's gear up, assume our stations, and hit it. Hello, I'm playing the part of Mr. Mott, the best barber in Starfleet on this episode of the Strange New Worlds Fancast. My name is SB. Joining me is our newest Borg on the show, Captain Bubbles. It was very epic of you to go through all the pre-assimilation preparation in the offseason. I felt it, believe me. I did get assimilated. And also joining us, hiding in his closet on board Space Dock, is the head of Starfleet Mental Health Section 35, Commander Klinger. We'll call him our friend Jake. And how's all that prep going to treat all those Zoomers for their post-Borg PTSD? <laughs> well, <laughs> I do have my tinfoil hat on. <laughs> yes, Jake now has an actual tinfoil hat. Dude, was it funny how we, at the very start of this episode, this season, we were talking about my whole medical situation and you were making the jokes about the Borg and then all along we knew it was coming here. You know, it's funny that you mentioned the beginning of the season. Let's take a look at it. Have you told Sean that this was your training for Borg assimilation yet? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I think I passed. I think I passed it, right? Because I'm guessing Todd Stashwick is going to die at some point in time. I mean, he's a great... Total red shirt. He's a great character to bring in and wreak havoc. And I love seeing him on screen, but I don't think he's going to make it out of this. Okay, no, no, but okay, then, then I'm going to ask for a prediction here because I have my own theory. Does he go out as a wuss or does he find his stones and go out as a hero? He goes out as a hero. It was part of Wolf 359, which is the best of both worlds when the Borg in between season three, the, the big uh, cliffhanger. When the Borg comes in the and wipes out most of... Most of Starfleet at the time. And when you have Locutus as well. So okay. I think. So that is Shelby. Okay. Yeah. Commander Shelby. I haven't thought about her for a while. I was, I'm still a Shelby fan, by the way. So. Yeah, I always liked her. But speaking of Jack, I have another question for you. Did y'all notice when he was unconscious from the gas, all the, re the red door and the red flashes that he was seeing? What do you think that is? Hello, I am the Commander Shelby guest star this episode on Strange New Worlds <coughs> Fancast. My name is SP. Yeah, I kind of hope that we would have left the Borg behind because of the last season, but we didn't, so we still have to deal with it. It gets mentioned for a reason. The interesting thing, there is a kind of a pressure wave coming out. It's like a graph, like a shadow graphic. And it's going from like this cloud into this orifice opening or something like that. And I think that has something to do with whatever this red stuff is that we're talking about, this red door. Whatever's happening, it's in Jack's head. So I don't know how it got into Jack's head. Maybe Jack's not human. There still could be something interesting with how jack came to be i think something has been embedded in his dna some kind of weapon that they are trying to track down and don't really care about him they want what's been given to him all right how is picard's body a weapon what do they need that body for they need the dna so jack has determined to have a romantic syndrome i can't say it correctly it's pronounced and spelled two different ways anyway it's the same disease that john luke had and ultimately really died from when it comes down to it so jack has this inherited from his father as well maybe it has something to do with that the only one that's not on the run captured or a criminal at the moment would be deanna yeah so she's going to go into hangar 12 get the enterprise d out and then crash it again 
Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I don't think it was a disease. The further on we get into Picard, I think it was something that was given to him by the board. Or given him by something previous to Jack getting impregnated. Right. Beverly getting impregnated. One thing that I might have missed in Picard season one, I think it was alluded to the fact that Worf was the captain of the Enterprise E in Picard season one. Uh, that I don't know. That would actually kind of be a um, plot hole considering the fact that Worf's record had him never being allowed command of that nature again. Correct. Something would have had to happen along the way to allow him to be a captain. Jack is either Borg or Changeling. All right, there you have it. Jack is a Changeling. He is not. <laughs> he is not. Borg. Borg. Ah. Well, before we get into it, we watched Picard Season 3, Episode 9. It was titled Vox. We had a director with Terry Metalis. Oddly enough, as a big showrunner, he only has two directing credits starting in 2017. Four episodes of 12 Monkeys, two episodes of Picard, and the two episodes of Picard are this one and the next one titled The Last Generation. It was written by Sean Tretta, who has 10 writing credits since 2004, including 30 of 12 Monkeys and three episodes of Picard, including season three, episode two, Disengage, season three, episode four, No Win Scenario, and season three, episode nine, Vox. They all have something in relation. We'll talk about that later. And it was also written by Kylie Rossetter, who has 30 episodes of Picard as a staff writer, story editor, and writer, and two written by credits included in that, including season two, episode three, Assimilation, and season three, episode nine, Vox, this episode. And it was showrun once again by Terry Metalis. All right. Go ahead, Shannon. Go ahead. I said it. I said it. Yay. I said it. Actually, I said lots of things, but at this particular moment, I I knew it. It was something that was embedded in Jean-Luc that was passed on. I had a feeling there was so much talk during the season about DNA. And then what really stilled it for me was the episode, I guess it was last episode, when, when Data's like, it's inconclusive. The disease is inconclusive. Do you remember him saying that? when when I guess he was still part lore, but I'm like, that's it. That's it. So he wasn't in a petri dish, but he was planted. Well, he wasn't exactly planted. He was a long-term result, for lack of a better term. He was a long. He was a long game. I mean, that's one thing you have to give it to the Borg is is that they are always playing the long game. They've always got other options. You know, they send one cube, it doesn't work. They send another cube. It doesn't work. So they go back in time. Then they, so basically, this is just the next level of the plan. They never go away. All through the season, he's been hearing voices like the collective. He's been seeing the vines, which is kind of like a hive collective kind of thing tethered to it. But he was able to move Sydney with his mind. So even though we have only normally ever seen a board queen. He was kind of acting like a bored king because he was doing the same things that she could do. So John Luke never had those powers. That means that he didn't have the syndrome. It was something that was given to him and then that was passed on. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. If I understand correctly, what they kind of explained was is that they had placed it in Picard in hopes that it would do this, but... Uh, once again, they had never gotten the whole genetic code thing into the rest of Starfleet, and uh, th- th- what they put into it ev- into him eventually killed him. So this was more a long term plan of trying to get it into the ne- the once again the next generation. Maybe we'll find out next episode that it was somehow planned and something was given to Beverly to make her want to have sex with Picard. I mean, otherwise, I mean. Come on, he went years without it. He didn't plan on having any kids. So how would they have known that this was going to work? Well, I, I, once again, I think that's the Borg. They planted the seed. They planted the seed and sat back and waited. They probably have six other seeds out there planted. Probably. But 
One thing that I need to state is that they thought that what they were putting in Picard was going to work. It didn't. It was because he was too old and it needed to be implanted in somebody that was 25 or younger in order to take root and actually form correctly. So that is why it didn't work with Picard. Okay. Now at this point, can we talk about how the fact that the boomers have to save the world from the programmed uh, Gen Z by going out and finding their classic car? <laughs> that line, that line, Deanna says, I've never been so happy to see so many wrinkles was great. It was great. Yeah. The whole Zoomer thing. Let's just call it what it is. I mean, you're talking 25 and under. It's the Gen Z or the Zoomer generation, right? Of us today. So that's what they're trying to supplant in the Starfleet. I have, I didn't like this episode. I, I'll be honest with you guys. I didn't like the episode because I didn't like the fact that we were basically doing a Marvel Cinematic Universe Hydra thing with everybody that's 25 and under. I didn't like the fact that they played the whole Borg card again. I don't like the fact that Jack is a Borg. I think the nostalgia factor was way too high with the Enterprise D. I mean, we knew it was coming, but I think it was just too much. I didn't like it. Really? Because I smiled like gigantic grin on my face the moment that the bay doors opened. I mean, I knew it was coming. I, I, I knew it was coming, too, but it still made me happy. Do you like the carpet? Is that why? <laughs> <laughs> I like the lights. It's the running lights. I've been thinking about this all day, and I, I think what I've kind of come up with is I think the writing mistake was not, not necessarily not doing the, doing the Borg this season. I think having the Borg in last season was the mistake. That they should have, they shouldn't have done it twice in this fashion. And they didn't even finish the storyline with her. I can understand this season makes sense and it works wild if you don't bother dealing with the Borg last season. I agree. I think there's so many different things that they could have gone down the path on. We have been saying some fantastical theories on this podcast. I've seen some fantastical theories out on the internet and they have myopically gone this route to ride the nostalgia train one more time and you know maybe that is how trek works it's world building it's been going on for 60 years so maybe but i would just hope that they would have a better story than just going back to this well they have recreated good villains along the way the romulans the cardassians they have teamed up with the Klingons and then had villains and good guys with the Klingons over the years. There is so much more that you can do with Trek. I have a theory on this. And once again, it makes the storylines to some extent make sense. If you look at what we've been dealing with, with all three seasons of Picard, what he's doing is at the end of his career, at the end of his days, at the end of his life, he is what we've seen is with all three seasons is he's dealing with the major failures of his life. So right now, the biggest failure of his entire life was being assimilated. Well, I think the nostalgic part was always going to be there. The moment we figured out that they were going to bring back the entire TNJ crew, TNJ crew, I, it was a given. Could we have gone any route for the different bad guys? Yes. I mean, you've always been talking about Sila, right? I don't think she's going to be in the next episode. Nope, I don't think so either. I did some internet research, and it was confirmed by Terry Metalis that Denise Crosby was not going to be in this. More so, she was not even invited to the premiere. They kept her out of it. That's what I knew. I knew that already. So I, I didn't think that she was going to be part of it because I think the holographic thing that Data had in, in his hand was all she was going to get. But again, the nostalgic part is what brought all those 25 and up people here. So I think it was a nod to us, even though you're talking about the boomers and below and 25. And I have people that I know that don't even know what TNG is. So we're the fan base. So I don't mind this episode. I liked it. Again, it's the odd numbers. So although I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to like next episode too, but still, I don't have any problem with it. I smiled so big. When the bay doors opened and there was, there was Enterprise D, I liked the jabs that Dana was talking about. I liked the jabs that Deanna was like, Worf, you know, be nice. I don't mind any of it. I'm here for it. I did like the fact that Jordy 
was telling Data to be more positive. That is the sort of crew that brings you back to the TNG time. And then being together is like that. To get back to the bridge, you have to deal with the people that are there. Like Wesley's not there, so he can't be at the con. So you have to put Jordy there, but he's really the chief engineer. They didn't say anything about the ship being automated. They just said that the ship was being loaded by drones. And to be honest with you, it's a flying death trap. It's like driving a 50-year-old car off to battle. Really? Like, As uh, I said, the boomers have to go get their classic car and save the world from the uh, right. pre-programmed Gen Zers. The thing's going to fall apart and it's going to explode again. Or Deanna's going to crash it again. One of the two. <laughs> that was coming. Come on, give her some credit. She just got back. Okay, here's my prediction. Deanna crashes the Enterprise into the Titan while Ensign LaForge is flying it. Oh, I hope not, because Rafi and Seven are still there. So they can both crash it. Crash it in 30 seconds? Is that what she did? You can't blame Sydney because she's under the influence of being a board. <laughs> well, yeah, but still. Poor Sydney. I see it coming. Okay, so what have they given us at the very beginning? They had the whole thing with Laris and Shaltok 4. I still think we're going to get that scene eventually. I hope so. I don't think Picard's going to be in it, but I think we're going to get that scene. I think for Crash and for Deanna, they've got to do fan service for it because they've brought out the D again. Just don't let her drive. It will be okay. You know what's going to happen. I do have to say that when Jordy took the con instead of Deanna, that I was somewhat disappointed. I was waiting for her to go over there or at least go in that direction and have somebody go, no. Okay. <laughs> She's had a bad reputation for all these years. I think that if you're going to talk about fan service, I think she deserves not to crash the ship again. Everybody on that bridge is command certified. Everybody is command certified. So anybody could be on the bridge doing whatever they need to do while the rest of the crew go off and do a boarding party or like fix the ship because you know that's coming. The ship is going to need some sort of fixing. Or they need to fight in the hallways or whatever. There's a limited amount of crew. There's only so many of them. And that is going to leave Troy in charge of the bridge. So, yes, she's going to be the person on Riker, the bridge. Riker, Beverly, and probably Data are going to go on away team. Yeah. I would say no to Beverly, but yeah, it's her son. So, yeah, she's going to play that card. So, that kind of leads to the question is, is where are we going here? We do know that the boomers had to go get their classic car and come save the day. But what do they do now? Where did they go? They can't just fly right into the middle of, uh, you know, of the actual Starfleet and hope to survive for more than two and a half seconds. They already destroyed the Excelsior for trying that. Yeah. And you're talking, even though it was a very big, formidable ship and it's heyday and it probably still it, it probably still is a good ship to take into battle to be honest with you but but they've already commented the fact that i mean that it's it's 20 some years old and you know even Worf for his first thing he stepped onto the bridge and went i miss the bigger weapons <laughs> well of course Worf is gonna say that i've been re-watching tng as you guys know i'm in the middle of the fifth season i probably won't make it to the end by the time next week comes around but it's very very formulaic every single thing that comes along Worf's like we need to go to red alert or let's arm up photon torpedoes or let's blow them out of the sky he it's just the way he is and i can see him jumping onto a new ship saying okay where are the photon torpedoes by the way what happened to the la sriracha or whatever that ship was it's just disappeared the one that they had season two that Raffi and Worf were flying around. That is a good question. For for when when we find out found out that they were on the cloaked shuttle, actually, that's where I thought they were. That's what I thought they were too. But they said shuttle, not the La Serena. I can't remember the name of the ship. It's inconsequential because we're not seeing it right now. But also, what is going on with the Klingons and the Romulans? And everybody else, they have to know this is going on. It's Frontier Day. It's a big 
Kadoodle. It was a horrible idea to bring everyone together. Well, of course it was. And Jordy said that. And Shelby died. Admiral Shelby died. She got hit with a phaser right in the she chest. She got all of 10 seconds. That's okay. It was a good 10 seconds. Even Picard, to some extent, called it. He's kind of like, I can't believe she, of all people, agreed to this. It's because she didn't, as a changeling, she did. So she was a changeling anyways. As far as Enterprises go, we saw the D. We saw the F coming out of space dock. I don't, Jacob, what did you like about the design? Did you not like it? Actually, I had seen that design before. That design had been bouncing around the, the internet as the Enterprise F for a while. And uh, it, it's, it's definitely interesting. It's kind of almost an amalgamation between the D and the, uh, and the E. Kind of had some Voyager vibes to exactly. it. Exactly. I thought it was like a combination between Enterprise and Voyager. But it was bigger, you know, like with the, the galaxy size yeah. with the uh, hull and everything. And then we also got a reference to E. We had been talking about this, like last time I think I brought up that in season one of Picard, there might have been a reference to Worf being a captain of the Enterprise E. I don't think it was referenced there. I went into Memory Alpha, I couldn't find it. However, a friend of mine got into some books that are canon for Paramount and said that, yes, Worf was the captain of the Enterprise E at one point in time. And if you knew that, the one comment that was made on the bridge where Jordy said, well, we can't use the Enterprise E. And Worf was like, it's not my didn't fault. It makes sense. Yeah, that would make sense. But if you didn't know that, it didn't make sense. And I'm glad I kind of did the research ahead of time because when it came to that scene, I was like, oh, that made sense. Did you guys know about that? Did you guys get what that exchange was? I thought I had heard something about that, but I didn't realize that it A, was in fact canon and it wasn't me just having a Mandela effect. Right. So if you didn't know, that was a meaningless exchange on the bridge of the D. Well, you could also consider just a, for lack of a better term, a, a throwaway jab that, you know, you can make a lot of inference from it. We also finally know exactly why they've been sequestering Janeway, of all people, too. Janeway is the one who actually wrote the book on fighting the Borg. She had more interaction uh, fighting Borg than anybody. The whole Changeling and Borg alliance wasn't really explained all that much. No, they didn't go into detail. They actually did kind of hint at it, that both of them have a, a collective intelligence. So they kind of bonded over that to some extent. I hope it's explored a little bit more because I think there is a, at least one other Changeling out there. I mean, they might have met up with the Shrike at one point in time, but the Changeling that was playing Tuvok, is still out there, I think. That's true. Who else would be the changeling? <gasps> maybe Shaw was the changeling and we get him back. Or maybe it's my honey, my honey here. Well, that's one of the things that I was trying to bring up with where is everybody else? Maybe Laris has been paying attention to this all along and she brings what's left of the Romulan fleet back. Maybe Sela's part of that. I don't know. I would say no with Sela, but Laris. I think she's coming back. I just don't know in what capacity she's coming back. You think Martok shows up with the uh, Klingon fleet? I don't think so. It's possible. Ooh, unless, unless Worf called him. Let's back up a second. Shaw dies. I know we've discussed it a couple of times already. I did not think that was warranted. I think it would have been better off having Shaw still left in the cast as this went forward. The death was kind of meaningless. If you were a Todd Stashwick fan, it was like, oh man, he died again. But if you're a Trek fan and you've never seen him before and he comes on as a captain, he dies in the hallway. It's like, uh, after eight episodes, I'm not really that attached to him. You're going to have a big funeral at the very end of next episode for him. The other thing is, is you know, they went through a performance review on him. And it was always blacked out. Yeah, but at the same time, does he have to be dead? Can we actually like find out that they managed to rescue and save him somewhere along the line? Or? That was another thing. Maybe he becomes assimilated and becomes a Borg, and then they resurrect him from being a Borg, just like they did with Seven. I don't think Seven's going to let his body go. And her and Rafi are still on the ship. Okay, I forgot about that. I thought they were on the D, but no, they stayed on the ship. Didn't they, they were in the hallway with him. Yeah, so maybe he does survive. 
nah, I don't think he survived. I just don't think he's going to be taken by the Borg. He definitely kind of, for lack of a better term, nodded out. But the question is, did he pass out or did he die? That's true. No, we didn't see him die. All we saw was the body. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, I wonder if Vatic is going to come back in pieces. Well, the other part about this, I, I apologize. I'm going to jump back to Captain Shaw again and a trope that we're seeing in this particular season. The last thing you want to do is say, go, I'll cover you. <laughs> Never ends well. Yeah, he's been on the bad end of that stick a couple of times now. Well, already. not only that, but Riker ended up on the bad end of that stick. Well, also, another thing about that particular scene is now we have officially have the ship handed over to Seven. And he called her Seven of Nine. He didn't call her Commander Hanson. So I do think he is gone. But I don't think he was utilized as much as he could have been in the last couple of episodes. So kind of minimized his interaction with the crew and Seven. I know they've had scenes along the way, and I know the focus is on the original or the Next Generation crew. I get all that. But I just don't think it was developed enough for me. That's because you're a fanboy. I also, I have to admit, I agree. I would have liked to have seen more of him, especially considering the fact that he did that nice transformation of what a jerk to the begin in the beginning to actually being a likable, understandable character. Uh, in his yeah, he wasn't so bad after all. I mean, at the beginning, I, I didn't, I didn't like his character at the beginning, but then he became redeemable and he was helpful and he wasn't so much a prick and everyone got along and this is how he went out. And true to form, though, also, when they told him we have to go to Earth and his response was you, where everybody is waiting to shoot us. Right. On a wanted poster? Yes. Yeah, they might divert to the right toxic uh, system to get, you know, some space whales to help them up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think those are coming either, but I would like to. If they show up with space whales to save the day, I quit. <laughs> now they go... And they get Thomas Riker, and then he goes gets the space whales, and then oh god! <laughs> well, maybe you're right. Maybe Worf calls Klingons to come for backup, since every Federation ship has now been compromised. What a way to go out, right? So you still got to have the crew somehow got to save the day. Okay, Riker pilots the Enterprise D into the Borg cube and destroys it. And then we find out that it was, in fact, Thomas Riker, that Will Riker has been hanging out with his kid the whole time. I don't see it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> just I wouldn't throw anything out at this point in time, but I think we got the main players on the Borg. On, Borg, on the board. I, I don't think we're going to get any surprises from here on in. I mean, even the Commander Shelby, or the, excuse me, the Admiral Shelby cameo, it was weak. All she was there is sitting on the command deck and then ends up getting killed. I think that was supposed to give you that brief moment of maybe they're going to go ahead and save the day here. They'll have Shelby. Shelby is an anti-Borg person. If they say Borg, she's immediately going to understand. Now, all Starfleet is Borg. It's uh... There's got to be somebody left in Starfleet that's not have been assimilated yet. There's got to be somebody. Anyway. Jane. I don't think we're going to get her, but it once again, it makes sense know, as to why they got they her. They dropped hidden. her name so many times this season that we might. So here's the deal. You got Starfleet that has been taken over by the Borg because everybody's been through transporters and it's headed to space dock and they're going to take on space dock. First of all, I want to see the defenses of space dock and see how it battles this fleet as it's coming in. So that's number one. But number two, I would assume that space dock is full of Starfleet personnel which includes a bunch of ensigns under the age of 25 that are turned to Borg and they are taking over space dock from the inside. So I'm not clear of why this fleet has to attack space dock. That's a lot of under 25 all of those ships. I mean, that's a lot of <laughs> there's ensigns everywhere. They have to find jobs for them, guarding shuttles and <laughs> turbo lifts and prisoners. I mean, that's what, there's just too many ensigns. Clearly, you're going to have to have boomers from now on, and you wouldn't have this problem. Maybe they figured that space dock could just lock off their lower decks. <laughs> and that's another nice question one. I have. Nice one. Where's Boimler and Mariner? 
in all this? I realize that they're older right now, but where are they? I was just thinking the same thing. I would love to see Boimler show up. You know who we're going to have show up next next episode? Barkley. Oh, God, that would be awesome. Reggie. Reginald Barkley saves the day. That's what it's going to happen right there. In a holodeck. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, oh, no, no, no. Wait, wait a minute. Im- imagine this. Reginald Barkley, hero of Starfleet. I can imagine that. Oh, yeah. Or be even fun. better yet, we find out that this was one big uh, holographic program set up by Barkley. We've done it before in Enterprise where it ends with freaking Riker <laughs> in the holodeck. It could be a holodeck. But at what point do you think we went into the holodeck? Would it have been when they were getting onto the Astrum station? No, this, this whole thing, the whole thing has been a Barkley holodeck program. And just one big story. Yeah. He wanted to be able to save the world and he had to create something in which he could. This has been a holodeck program for Barkley. Barkley, hero of Starfleet. I can see the plaque already. I was watching the credits and I think we're out. I don't think there's anything left. There's no scene in the credits that will give any indication of what's going to happen next episode. We saw the brain image this time. We saw the space the, dock. The space dock. We saw the image that what you were showing us last week of the red the red thing. I can't remember what it was, but Yeah, obviously that's going after it looks like it's going after the Borg Cube. I mean the fact that the Borg Cube has been in our plane sight the whole time, it's like uh and we've talked about it already, but like uh, i don't like it i don't like it at all we you and i both have said this before i think the borg storyline is old we could have gone a different route and would have been okay but on the other hand of it it was kind of predictable this whole thing has been predictable this has not been a deep episode this has been a nostalgia ride from episode one which is also why did you notice that both this episode and next episode is going to be in the imax theaters I don't know if this episode was. I know it was the last two episodes. I thought it was. I thought the last episode was going to be a two-hour finale, and they were just showing that. It's not. Oh well, I read yesterday that it was the last two episodes because the last two episodes you can see in the IMAX. Okay, but maybe I read it wrong. Maybe it's the last two hours. Either way, you know there's going to be big spaceships, big battles. I do have to say, I think this was the most poorly written episode we've gotten this season. You guys know I've been keeping track of what my favorite episodes of the seasons are and what the least favorite this is. Tanked, right? <laughs> this one is above disengage. Disengage is my least favorite, and this is right above it in terms of where it falls and the whole thing. And it's sad because I really like the Enterprise D, and I love seeing it again. But this is not how this was supposed to go down. I think the question is at this point: is where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Jack is... Well, okay, so Jack was actually plugged in, right? The board queen came down and she went in the back of his neck and he got... Okay. Yes, for lack of a better term... Plugged in. He's the central transmitter for what they the Borg have got going on now. So he's either going to blow it all up to and, and sacrifice himself to save everyone, or he's going to end up saving the day without Deanna crashing the ship. okay keep going on with the idea of poor writing can we talk about once again how john luke just basically failed as a father and drove his own son into the hands of the Borg queen if he hadn't done the whole starfleet protocol thing if he'd actually shown his son some understanding and said we're going to figure this out none of this happens he showed more understanding and defended him more when vatic wanted him on the ship when he said no we're going to fight but he, and that was kind of the point. He spent the entire season throwing protocol to the wind. Exactly. And exactly. then all of a sudden, his own son needs to be, you know, sequestered. And, and we're going to follow protocol. Exactly. Yeah, that, that didn't make any sense to me either. Because when Vatic wanted him, he was like, nope, we're not going to give you. He's my son. And Shaw's like, oh, crap. And poor Shaw. I mean, all this happened because they came on board. You're, you're lost in... <laughs> <laughs> because they came on board where? Because they came on board the Titan. Yeah, if they if they don't choose the Titan, Shaw never gets in the middle of all of this. That's true. Then again, if they, if they never come on the Titan, Shaw gets killed at Frontier Day anyway. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Starfleet has massive casualties right now. We are literally, I think, worse than Worf 359. 
when it comes to Starfleet casualties and ship loss. That's where we're at. Well, ship loss we don't have yet. We yet. only have one lost ship so far. We will. And the massive amount of people that are going to die. You're going to lose the entire fleet. And Picard is going to blame himself again because this has been in him the whole time and allowed this to happen. Shouldn't have got it on with Beverly. <laughs> should have saved the floors. You've been asking for this for decades and you're I saying, no, nope, shouldn't have done it. I know, but come on now. I just want the ending with Loris and Beverly or Loris and Troy or just not Picard. We know what happens with See him. what geriatric sex gets you? See, no, it doesn't at all. I don't need Picard there at all. I thought I have explained my position before. Just need the tacos. <laughs> I did like, you know, they dropped the Keslovar. I believe that's how you pronounce it. The Vulcan prison, basically which you guys have seen in Strange New Worlds. Yeah. So they dropped that, and he's like, oh no, I'm not going to go there. So why would that be dropped if you don't... Maybe we're going to go there. Well, they had to have some place that they were going to, for lack of a better term, say that they were going to take him. So it, it just kind of seemed like a logical concept that they've already brought up before, that you know the Vulcans will go in and you know pull with his head and hopefully dig that out of him. You know, what this proves is Dr. McCoy was right. Those transporters will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice one. That was a good one. <laughs> well, he probably figured out what data finally explained to everybody else, which is you're not getting all of your own DNA back when you go. You know, they've got certain pieces that are just generic DNA that they Grown throw into everybody every time, you, every time you bounce through a transporter. Kind of throws that whole, are you dying every time you get transported thing a little bit creepier. Yes. It loses a little bit piece of you every time you do it. How are they going to win this? Jack. That's what I keep coming back to is the fact that they are in this old busted starship that even though it was a nostalgia factor for us, you know, they destroyed the Excelsior, which I thought was funny. You uh, did? <laughs> yeah. It was Sulu's ship, though. No, it can't be that Excelsior, though. Oh, fair fair enough. This is Excelsior 2 or 3 or something like that. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Now that you mentioned that, I'm okay with it. <laughs> so the fact that the ship that they decided to destroy is the Excelsior, I did get a little bit of a kick out of. So they managed to destroy the Excelsior within two seconds flat the moment they realized that the Excelsior isn't part of the uh, the Borg program. Uh, what, they're going to fly in with the Enterprise D and and not die within the first three seconds okay so, so i guess what i'm coming back to is what's the plan boimler and mariner are going to take over the cerritos and just crash it into everything out there so they're all headed to earth right and picard has to get there ahead of the of the fleet who would be on earth well the fleet's at earth i mean the timing here is the fleet is going to take okay so they've had to go from the fleet to wherever the Starfleet Museum is, which I want to say it's Mars, but I don't think so. It's got to be somewhere close, but it's not Earth. So they get to the Starfleet Museum and then they come back with the Enterprise D while the fleet is attacking Space Dock. So maybe they haven't attacked yet. Maybe they're just moving slowly because they don't have any need because they've already assimilated everybody. So there's no rush. The speed of plot, I guess. They're right there. <laughs> And this is what I'm coming down to. I think this was the most poorly written episode that we've had because none of this matches up. It's, it's all on just Earth? one big MacGuffin. MacGuffin. Humans are on Earth. Starfleet. I think this, if they're going to do it at all, I think this would be a good time for them to find a way to bring Janeway in it, which I don't know if she's coming back or not. I just know that I just listened to, she did an interview with Gates McFadden. So there's got to be somebody that Picard and the crew could Send a message out to Earth, and maybe they would be ready waiting for the, for the fleet when they get there. Well, I think SP basically said it. What you have is one of two options. You either have Laris managing to get what's left of the Romulans back, or, you know, Worf calls Martok. Or maybe it's the Romulans and the Klingons show up together. Or all of the above. Maybe you get some Ferengi in there. God, no. We've already had one this season. Yeah. Well, they did have a fleet at one point in time. 
Quark saves the day. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Bargaining with the Borg. Quark and Barkley <laughs> save the day. See that too. And Mott. Let's throw Mott in there. He does incredible hair. <laughs> when he's bald. <laughs> I just don't know where this episode is. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know how it's going to end. I'm hoping it ends with spectacular aha moments. And although I, I do like this episode, I like the nostalgic part of it, but now that we're sitting here talking about it, it's not written well. I've spent a, a, much of the day trying to see if I could, how much of this shit, this episode I could justify. And I think SP put it perfectly when he said, this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe version of fan service. That's all this episode was. How much fan service can we throw into one I think episode? that's all this season was. Uh, no, but there has been some substance to the season. There has been some decent writing. This just wasn't it. You had no character development along the way. You just had big bad stuff happen. You had, well, I guess Jack, you, so you finally get the reveal of what Jack is and what's going on with Jack. I think it took way too long to get to this point. We could have had it a couple of seasons, um, a couple of episodes ago and then having the big battle scenes or something. Not only that, but if you're Deanna and you find out that Jack's the root of all evil in the world, why do you run over and tell everybody? Why not just stun the kid? Let's go back to that introductory scene because it bugged the crap out of me. We got the scene at the end of the last episode and she ran out the door and then we get more of it this time around. No, don't do that. Don't do that. She did the one thing to him. She said, I'm here. You. Oh, you're not alone. I'll, I won't leave you. And then she like tears off. After <laughs> yeah. So that's. Him. Well, I mean, if you th knew you were in the presence of an advanced Borg, you'd probably want to get the heck out of there, too. I don't blame her for that. I blame the writers for taking us back into the scene and then taking more of it. Like, it was supposed to be a continuation, and then we hit the rewind button. It bugs me all the time with reality TV when you hit a commercial break and you come back and they replay the last two minutes before they start the show again. Right. That's what happened here. Just in here. case you forgot two minutes ago. But they added more to it. I'm like, no, that's not how you do it. If you do that, you don't do it in the very next scene. You do it in a flashback later on. And they did not do that. Right, because then that, that gave us the entire time where they were sitting out in the hallway in front of the door talking about the planet with the red flowers and stuff. Which was all just a, a stand-in for connections. That's all it was. I mean, Deanna Troy helped them do that. So once again, good that we have a mental health counselor, a part of the crew. That's good. But... That's all we got out of the vines. They're symbolic for connections. And we've been obsessing about these vines for eight episodes. Yes. As I, I'm just going to go back to it. This is the most poorly written episode we've had this season. <laughs> and there's been several. I think the writing was not great. Okay. When you take a look at Trek, this is fun Trek. It is. If this would right. have happened in season eight of TNG, this would have been great, right? But we've gone forward so much with our television and our film entertainment that we expect more. So The Mandalorian is a good example because that's running at the same time right now, season three of The Mandalorian. That is grade A fun, writing, everything is going great with that. This is not at that level, but for Trek, Maybe this is as best as it gets with Trek. Well, the reason why, one of the reasons why the Mandalorian has done as well is because it's expanding the Star Wars universe. We're take, we're broadening out what we've seen and what we know. There's nothing to expand on Trek. Well, but that's what I'm saying is, is that we we have no there's no revelation here. There, as we said, we're we're coming back to all of Captain Picard's failures in life. And we're dealing with all of that. So it's all going backwards. We're not seeing anything new. We're not ex finding out that there's anything new about Starfleet. There's no new information here. Ooh, okay. So what if Picard, because he's so distraught, and he's, he's such a failure, and his son just got away, and he just found him, and what if he goes over onto the Borg? Show. I mean, what, what if he sacrificed himself? Because, come on, really, he's not alive anymore. So See, I, I think there's really only one thing that we can do here and those who've seen star wars episodes eight will uh the last jedi will know exactly what i mean they pull a holdo maneuver they fly the enterprise at warp speed into the cube 
<laughs> I can see that. I can see, and and Picard would be the one to do it, and sa- yeah. sacrificing himself. Yeah, Lisa would be Troy. <laughs> Troy would want to do it, but Picard would throw her into an escape. He'd pod. say, "No, no, it's my fault. We're all here. Let me do it." I could see that. I think he'll go after his son. Basically, we're left with a lot of stuff that doesn't really add up, a lot of stuff that doesn't really connect, a lot of stuff that doesn't let you go, wow, that was awesome. And you saying that there's nothing really to expand on in the Star Trek universe, both of us have gushed over Strange New Worlds because they managed to do exactly that with it. Okay, let me rephrase. You can expand on different characters, on different TV shows. You can you could bring the whole... Seven of Nine and Worfie, uh, Worfie and Rafi. <laughs> no, no, Worfie actually works. A transporter accident where they both go off Warfie, and then they come yes. back in one person. Worfie, I like it. It's a new ship I just created. With the TNG crew, you're not going to get anything else other than what we have at the moment. So there's not anything. There's nothing to expand with them. Like when you talk about no character development, no big reveal. So, so that's really what it comes down to. Is the final episode going to pull enough of this together to redeem this episode? Unless one of them is a changeling, because really the whole changeling thing went on for way too long and it didn't really matter at the end. Unless one of them is a changeling that you're talking about, we're still, we're still missing one. Then the question would be, which one of them is a changeling? Yeah, it would be interesting to go back and do a count because we know there are 10. So how many bodies have stacked up along the way? Vatic herself is one, right? We had four on the Enterprise. I can't go any further than that in my head, just off the top of my head. But how many more of them are out there? That would be an interesting thing to know. By the way, while we were talking, I did go look at that article. Shannon, you're entirely correct. It is the last two episodes. So you'll see this episode and the next episode. Yep. And also, at the end of this episode, talking about fan service, what would have been great is if we got like 10 flybys of the Enterprise D as the credits <laughs> rolled, you know, just like in the on, on intro the, credits yeah. for TNG. Or even if they could have done that whole flyby thing with they did with the Enterprise in Star Trek, the motion picture in Star Trek Wrath of Khan. Different Enterprise, but that whole like plucking of the harp as you go flying by in slow motion thing. They didn't have time for it. They're they're on a clock. The fleet is attacking space dock. <laughs> you know, but see, the thing is, is that this episode has made so little sense in what everybody's done that the fact that they would actually stop and just reminisce about the Enterprise before they, they I would have almost gone. Yeah, OK, that that's what they're doing now. <laughs> I think it kind of makes sense in terms of Jordy said, I have drones loading the weapons on board right now. So they needed a little time for that to happen. So I, I could see them spending a second looking at the plaque, admiring the carpet, saying, does this look smaller? And honestly, to me, the bridge did look smaller. They had to recreate it. So maybe they recreated it smaller. I don't know. I thought it was a cool shot when, when they were all, when, after they walked in and the lights came on and they're all sitting there up there at the deck, all it was very nostalgic for me. I, I think it. Ashley Judd should have been at the con. Okay, we can only handle so much crazy on this trip. <laughs> okay, no, we're okay with it without her. She's crazy. No, no, no. She disappeared and joined the Travelers to marry Wesley. Okay, that's headcanon accepted. I can see that, yes. <laughs> yeah. They, I, so I saw that episode where he came back from in season five where he came back on a shore leave and whatever and they got together. Yeah, that was a nice episode. I wonder whether or not Will Wheaton still today goes, <laughs> I got to kiss Ashley Judd. He did. He does. He talks about it all the time. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Well, guys, I don't have any more predictions at the moment. I mean. I did stop and do something that I hadn't done in a while. And I don't, and it's really kind of to some extent off topic. And I did start watching the ready room. Yes. I do have to say that it is really enjoyable to watch a totally unapologetic dorked out geek. Enjoy this. He's a trek. He's a complete trekkie. Who did they have as a guest this episode? Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch it this time. I, I've watched the past several because the, the last one I watched was the one with Brent Spiner. Yeah. Okay. I'm guessing they had Shelby on. That's what I'm guessing. This episode. Did they ever have Roe? 
I don't know if they had Michelle Forbes or not, but if they did, it would have been on that one episode. Yeah, I, I'm kind of out now, too. So, listener, if you're still with us, we would like to know <laughs> your theories on how this is all going to tie together at the end, because this is it. We have one episode. I have to admit, this has been the hardest episode to talk about, because what did we get? I mean, I could geek out about all the ships that we saw, but I'm not going to. Okay, I'll admit that was fun. But with that exception, on, I mean, on, with, what else did we get? So this is, as I said, this has been the hardest episode to actually find. I've spent the entire day trying to find something in my head to justify this episode, and I, I'm failing. Well, other than us talking about how we didn't like the writing of it, I still like the nostalgic part of it. I still like it when the hangar bay doors open and they all looked at it and they realized what they're seeing. I smile like a little schoolgirl when that Enterprise came out. But that's me. Yeah, maybe part of my dislike for the episode is I was spoiled on all this stuff ahead of time because I looked at those pictures that were posted on Reddit. And I never... And I knew the Enterprise D was going to show up. I saw the Borg. I saw Commander Shelby. So I was spoiled before I saw the episode. It's one of the reasons I didn't watch it early in the morning, because I already knew like the spoiler stuff. But then I kept on hearing, oh, you don't want to spoil anybody. And to everybody's credit, like Terry Metalis, Todd Stashwick, they all said, don't spoil it for any, anybody. If you don't want to be spoiled, get off social media today until you watch this. I can understand all that because if I came into it clean and I saw that stuff, I'd probably be going a little bit, (laughs) but then I would have to take a look at all our criticisms and go, it's not really that great of an episode. So maybe part of how I'm reacting is because I was spoiled with those screenshots. Okay. I have one last thing and it, I understand why they didn't do it because of the nostalgia factor. But they have upgraded the concept of the view screen in every ship out there, including the original Enterprise, and we didn't get it on the D. Well, we did get Bluetooth finally on the D because you had <laughs> you had Dr. Crusher checking out her tricorder and making sure all systems were ready to go versus going into a panel. So they've at least got Bluetooth or Wi-Fi on board. I thought now. it was weird that she was the one that said that. I mean, would you expect Rock to be the one that says it? She's command qualified. They're all command qualified. So she was assuming a position on the command bridge. All right. Well, here we are. Like I said, if you're listening to us so far, really appreciate you listening. Really do. It's been a fun nine episodes. I can't wait for the finale because I waited 35 years for this. So really looking forward to that. But I don't know how this is all going to pan out. And I hope, I hope it's going to be better than this. I did check into all the local IMAX theaters. It's like 10 IMAX theaters in the nation. I don't have anything close to me. I was like, I will drive four hours to go see one of these. There's one in Dallas. And and it said, I think you said you, you get a free poster with it too. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun to go see, right? Yeah, with a poster, yeah. It's just not going to happen for me. I, I can't do it because there's nothing close. So it is the way it is. Anyway, so that's what we got going on. Really appreciate you hanging on here. As a reminder, coming up in June, Strange New World Season 2 will be coming up. You guys will be rejoined by your fearless leader, Sean, and he will be able to geek out about Nurse Chapel a little bit more. He will geek out about her. Yeah. Yes. So you'll have that in the future. And uh, I don't know if I'd go as far as saying he's our fearless leader. I think it's Bubbles. Bubbles is the leader. Bubbles and the boys. Yeah. Yes. It's got to be Bubbles. <laughs> Going back to Bubbles and the boys. Yeah. You guys could go back to Bubbles and the boys because I'm not one of the boys and Bubbles. I'm also not one of Law's backup dancers on 80s cheesy movies. <laughs> You're also not one of the Bubbles. All right. So that's all I have. We'll see everybody next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. This has been an episode of the Strange New Worlds Fancast P3 Edition. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with us. If you'd like to hear more shows like this one, you can find us at strangenewworlds.podbean.com for more podcasts on Strange New Worlds and the Picard final season. If you'd like to contact us, you can hit us up via email at strangenewworldsfancast at gmail.com or on Twitter at Trek 
underscore worlds. We are a part of the Lone Wolf Podcast Network. You can hear more of this cast and other shows like it by checking us out at lonewolfpodcasts.com. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. It's the big starship launches on Monday, supposedly. Does that mean like weather prevailing? Probably also. What's that? Vehicle prevailing. I mean, it's the first chance at it for Starship. So, yeah, they're getting ready for Monday and they don't have FAA certification yet, but they're under the gun because SpaceX said, we're ready. We're going to go. And everybody else, the FAA is like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Are they required to have FAA certification before they launch? You need FAA certification before you launch. You don't get it at the Cape Canaveral much because it's an existing launch range and they have everything ready to go. Boca Chica is still kind of a test R&D range. And matter of fact, with the environmental assessment and everything, they're not good to launch rockets out of there. That's okay. They have already constructed a launch site and a recovery site out at Cape Canaveral. They just have to test the vehicle before. What they'll probably do is they'll probably launch it and then recover it at Cape Canaveral. That'd be pretty cool. Not this one, though. This one gets expended in the ocean. We put a lot of trash in the oceans, you know? Tons of it. I got so many things right in this. <laughs> Last week was my opportunity to get things right. But the big one, I got a big one. That's what she said. Remember? Remember all those times when I told you he was going to be a high-ranking redshirt? Bam. I do have to admit, that was disappointing. He's not one of the main bridge crew of this. I know, of- but, but I, I had actually started to like the, the guy, damn it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to save it for the show. Okay. Let's I have comments. Let's I have comments. I got to get set. I mean, come on. Give me a second. Been running all day. You guys said, oh, let's record. It takes me like three hours to put together the previously on. Oh. Okay. Well, y'all have a, a great Friday, a great weekend. And once again, Monday, Starship's launching. We got our very own Zephyrin Cochran that's going to go up and go into warp. That's cool. Is anybody, is, is it unmanned or is anybody going up in it? It, it It's totally unmanned. Yeah. You, oh, don't, okay. you don't put a person. Up. No monkeys, no dogs. Oh, no. We're, we're not that cruel anymore. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> but if you want to be cruel to your husband, just drive him down to Boca Chica and throw him in there. He's the one who says he's never leaving the planet, even if you could. Well, this isn't technically leaving the planet because it's going to splash down next to Hawaii. So, you know, he gets a free trip to Hawaii. But to splash down means you've got to go up eventually and he'll never do it. Just don't tell him about this. Just tell him it's a flight to Hawaii. So is this just testing the rocket? Yeah, it's never flown before. This is the first test of it. Usually rockets don't fare well the first couple of times, so something spectacular is bound to happen. Well, I, I get the impression that, you know, in order just to launch a, you know, phallic symbol straight up in the air, it takes a little bit of engineering. <laughs> it does. And they've, they've done a uh, static fire of all 33, in- 33 rocket engines. They'll Damn. have the most thrust of anything ever. They have tested the actual second stage, the Starship. They've done flight tests where it, it, they've launched it. They've done translations. They brought it back down and they've landed it. So that part is tested. It just hasn't flown in space yet. So I don't know. We'll see. And I don't know if it'll work after it's been jostled by all that thrust from the first stage either. But uh, yeah, people are going to go to the moon and to the Mars on this rocket. So it's it's just it's an exciting time. I'm not too far from saying this is the Phoenix with Zephyr Cochran because it's pretty close. That's kind of cool, though. Yeah. And you can drive down to Brownsville and you can see it on Monday. No. Are they, are they, are they still thinking of launching the, the vehicle that's going to Mars from planet? Or are they still going with the idea of launching equipment up into space and building something up there to, to make it to Mars? Right now, Elon is of the mind that he's going to launch something from Earth, but he's going to launch tankers. So it's not, just, I forget what it is, like seven, 17 launches will be one trip to Mars. Because you'll need that much fuel 
Okay, so similar to the Martian, you'll have actually have sent uh, stuff ahead of time, or yes, you'll need to send fuel ahead of time. Yes, that's true. Because by the time you get there, you're going to need a refuel. Yes, and then you're going to have to refuel after you launch because your tanks will be empty, and you'll need to refuel. I don't know. I don't think you're going to take a tank with you, but and it's not going to be a separate ship. You're going to launch on the ship that you eventually go all the way there, or at least initially. I think eventually we're going to get to the Martian where you have another ship or a 2001 with Discovery, you know, whatever. So, yeah, that's that's all cool. Energize.